the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I am Spud Goodman. <laughs> oh, Spud man. <laughs> Welcome one and all to our little radio program. I use the word little not as a, a definitive term, but affectionately. I mean, yes, we may be somewhat tiny in the overall radio industry food chain. I won't lie. I mean, we're almost non-existent going up against the big guys. As I know for a fact that size, you know, may not be everything. It sure as hell matters in most aspects of life. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, we hope our quaint, almost artisanal, can I use that word? Approach to broadcasting uh, will win you over regardless. I don't think so. With that said, let me introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give us a good chortle, if you would. Well, here you go. I thought that was pretty good. What do you think? Well, I'll take the high road and say, excellent job, Aunt Dorothy. And, and, and now I need to, in, yeah. And now I need to introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Okay, dude, uh, you're on. Uh, hey, have you fallen asleep on the phone line? I can't even hear you breathing like you normally. You, you know, you, you breathe with your mouth open all the time, and I can. I always know you're there with doing this phone thing. Uh, anyway, doing it remotely from just just makes it difficult for me to observe if you're if you're not focusing and doing your job correctly no i i am here and i am raring to go as i am a Look, so no no co-host should ever be raring to do anything as well the tasks assigned you know to your position would not merit that level of intensity yes. i just want you to do the basic stuff any co-host would do like stay quiet and be ready, you know, if I have a health emergency or something while doing the show. You know, if you have to step up, you know, while the EMTs are examining me to determine if I'm okay to finish the show, or, you know, or if I absolutely had to have someone fill in while I'm taken to the hospital. It's, it's probably never going to happen, but just in case, you have to be focused at all times. Of course, of course, and and I stand ready. Should you experience any serious health problems, uh, not that I'm hoping for anything to come up. You, you know, I hope you stay healthy and never need my services in an emergency situation. But well, I you should know that, that I got all excellent, top-notch results at my last physical. You know, <laughs> except for my prostate. But so nobody is calling 911 on my behalf for many years, okay? All right, now I must introduce our show's intern chance. All right, all right I did it. You've been introduced, though. Okay? All right. Well, you didn't read the copy management gave you. 
you're supposed to mention before you introduce me on each show that I am the most popular person on this program. The listener research does not lie. The numbers say I am exceptionally popular. It won't kill you to say it out loud, Spud. I don't think it's going to happen. I usually say it, but but this week, I'm just not feeling it. You said it, so, you know, we're good, as I, you know... Oh, oh, no, no, Spud. Your professional jealousy directed at my sweetie chance is very upsetting to me. We are a package deal now, a team. And you cannot insult my baby. He deserves the respect that the title of most popular person on the show is due. I know I'm not jealous of his popularity, right? And neither should you be. Uh, You know, Mrs. Jarvis, I've asked management to review those numbers from our listeners. I I just don't believe Chance is that popular. It, It could have been a typo or a mistake made by the agency handling this. You guys can stay in denial if you wish. You know, I do feel a little sorry for you both. Um, I think it'd be actually... Uh, no need to feel sorry for me. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, anyway, what I wanted to discuss on this episode was this whole daylight savings time thing, you know, year-round. You know, I, re- I gotta tell you something. You, you know, I, as you know, I very seldom speak up on my behalf, but right now... I feel I need to bring up something that has me very concerned. Are you referring to getting a bunch of, like, prank calls over the weekend? I, I didn't have anything to do with them. Uh, you have to admit, though, they were pretty damn funny. Especially the one about your wife's fake eyelashes being alive and, you know. We all know that. You can laugh at me all you want. Was that you? You know, Rachel and I were getting pretty annoyed after the first five or six of them. Uh, but But no. This is actually about something much more important. I'm referring to who's plague on this country right now, cancel culture. I read some comments on our Facebook page that said most of them begged for someone to cancel me. Hmm. Can you believe that? Now, now they're coming after me. And it only makes common sense. What are you talking about? Well, there seems to be a growing wave of our listeners who want to see me get canceled. Not just on our Facebook page. Uh, I saw it on uh, that Twitter. Uh, My youngest, Dwight, showed me uh, how to look at those um, tweets, I think they're called. And there was one from someone called Sir Absurd. And he called me a buffoon. He said I should be dumped. And that means canceled, Spud. You're starting to sound like that wannabe comedian Greg Gutfeld on Fox. You know, that aggressive chihuahua is brutal on other people, but, you know, but he constantly whines about this canceling deal on conservatives. Um, You know, he's, but he's always trying to, you know, to cancel non-Trump supporters. But I got to say this. You know, he has lowered the bar so low for comedy with his new show that it could help us out here. I agree with you on that Gutfield guy on Fox, bud. What an angry little dweeb. But Gerald, the guy on Twitter, I think you said his name was Sir Absurd. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He might, yeah, he might have meant that you should just be put somewhere you could do the least damage. You know. Maybe as, you know, a production assistant off the air. I could use a production assistant. 
My job as an intern has grown significantly since I started here. I need someone to help read all the emails I get from listeners who want to know my positions on various issues. They're just messing with you. No one cares what an intern thinks about stuff. Yeah, and, and, and Chance, I am the co-host of this show. I would never accept a demotion to be your assistant. It, it would never happen. I, I'll tell you this. I would seek legal redress. What dress? Oh, hey, Gerald, I was just suggesting an alternative to you being totally canceled. You, you, I, listen, I will not be canceled. Will you Who shut up, man? Listen. Okay, right. Well, right now I need to play a song. Uh, this one is from Nashville musician and comedian Chris Crofton. Uh, it was released in 2016, and it's titled Alcohol Stuntman. Here it is. I'm the alcohol stuntman My liver's my airbag My helmet's an ashtray And my cape is a bar rag I don't jump over canyons Sharks, fountains, or semis I fall off of bar stools and wake up with black eyes. I don't need accountants, ramps, cameras, or contracts to drink peppermint schnapps till I'm caught in a bear trap. Give me beer.
wake up with my clothes on. Uh, this is Robert Hayes. You may remember me from Airplane, but uh, I'm looking for a little help. For some reason, I wound up here in the Spud Goodman Show, and uh, I have no idea why. Spud, you're going to be happy to learn our first guest, Louis Anderson, is waiting to speak with you. I, I know you love Louis. Uh, yeah, who doesn't? Uh, he's a great guy and the consummate stand-up comedian. Uh, can I use the word consummate? I guess so, as I just did. So anyway, um, just try not to mess this up by interrupting me, okay? Yeah, yeah I, I'll do my best. But you know, I've always been given the green light to comment at any moment of the show if I want to express myself. Well, you, well, you saw the memo from our executive producer, Lori. Uh, she said, even during your interviews, don't say you didn't see it as everyone got it. This is like the fifth or sixth time that she's had to send it out to everyone. And uh, I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. Okay? Yeah, I don't think I saw it, but hey, hey, can you just put Louie through? Uh, yeah, I, I texted Trevor in the studio, and, and here he is. Welcome back to the show, a guest we truly love, Mr. Louie Anderson. Thanks a bunch for coming back on our program. Ah, Spud, that's so nice here. I really love you guys. I appreciate it. How is uh, everything going in Seattle? It's it's not bad. It's not bad. But yeah, it's a crazy time out there, isn't it? It is. It's it's getting better. But let's talk about you. Yeah. So you All have right. a Rush Ticks virtual comedy special, Louie Live from Las Vegas, coming up on June 12th at 6 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, 9 Eastern. Uh, tickets are now available at RushTix.com. Pretty cool people can catch your live show in their underwear at home, hopefully clean and fresh, so at least they can do out of respect to you, you know? I'm going to be in my underwear, too. What the hell? Yeah. Very cool. No, we're going to... I'm really looking forward to it, but we're on the uh, material for you. And maybe a little longer on some of it, but I really am excited about doing my seventh uh, special. Um, you know, I did a little of it this week at the Laugh Factory in Vegas, trying out some uh, of the jokes, and they really seem to resonate with people. And I'm lucky I can make people laugh. It's a really great. Somebody gave me this gift, uh, God or the universe, or you know, my mom and dad. But I really uh, enjoy doing stand-up comedy, and I really enjoy doing it. And this will be my first experience with uh, with the virtual one. And I'm going to have a special guest, somebody from Basket, oh. uh, my TV show. Oh. And so I'm really looking forward to that. Well, very few do it as well as you, Louie, but uh, let, let me hit you with this. Uh, you know, the last time you were on, I suggested that we both, you know, be the first ones in line at, at the slots, you know, when the casinos reopened after the lockdown. My, my theory was it would have been months before the last jackpot on all of them. I don't know about you, but it didn't work out well for me. I tried it out, but, but got my butt kicked. I went down fast and hard. It was brutal. So don't ever listen to any advice from me ever again, Louie. Uh, well, listen, everybody has that same experience. There's only one guy who's won. Oh, he's, that's good. He, keeps, he keeps winning. We don't win. But you know, it's fun. The idea behind slots is to, to have an enjoy, enjoyable time, but, you know, it's hard to do that. You always get into the competitiveness. You get mad because you lose. You yes. know, you just go, I'm going to get this money back. Uh, when you start talking with clinched teeth, you're in trouble gambling. I don't tell you. I'm going to 
Yeah, well said. Uh, well, let me ask you, what's, what's your take? This is something totally unrelated, but on this cryptocurrency deal, it's like all the smart guys are into this, but to me it seems kind of like fake money. Would you be fine with like a movie studio or TV network saying they were going to pay you, you know, the talent in Bitcoin or Dogecoin or whatever the hell it's called? I, I don't think I would. When the guy told me, he says, do you hear a Doja coin? I go, Soulja Boy? Yeah. Oh, Doja <laughs> coin. I go, oh, I go, no, but, you know, I have friends who are in it, but I feel like you do. I go virtual. Well, I'm doing a virtual special, but I know that's going to work. But I, how am I going to get a hold of this virtual money? Am I holding it right now? Uh, yeah. I don't know where it is. I guess you lock it into a thing or... You have a code or some kind of thing. I'll tell you, um, if people said that we were going to have one place that we could order things from in the world and get it in the same day a lot of times, we probably wouldn't have believed that. I think the world is moving. I think some of those things are good. Here's my thing. I go by Warren Buffett. I always bought too late and I sold too early. So I think if you keep that in mind in any kind of stock you're doing, you'll be in good shape. Right. And, uh, you know, I think uh, my mom and dad, you know, my dad would have been very... What does it cost out? That sounds like a racket to me, Louie. I'm not getting involved in any of that. And my mom would go, I'll try one. Give me a Doja coin. I think your dad was wise, because if you can't put it into a slot machine, it's not real to me. But anyway... Uh, hey, Louie, just a sec. I thought I asked you not to interrupt me with Louie. But, but yes, it's it's virtual money. Uh, like I said to him, though, I think it's a scam. But can I get back to him now, please? No, absolutely. I, I really, I didn't want to interrupt your interview, but... But, I... but, but, you did. Well, yeah, I, I just wanted to clarify what this coin money actually is. It sounds really out there to me. Well, someone like you, who still has an AOL email account, should be totally stunned by this, okay? Now let me finish this up with Louie. Uh, I'm back. Well, now that we're coming out of that darn pandemic, are, are there some things that you have, you know, have done during this period of time that you, you'll continue regardless if the coast is clear? Well, you know, the good thing is, is I've been working out a lot. I've been in my pool. I've been working with the trainer. I've been taking walks. Oh, cool. So I have been really, you know, using, utilizing this time to, to get healthier, eat better. And I still have cookies hidden all over the house, which is a problem. But um, luckily, I can't remember where they are. So oh. um, I, 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 uh, I, I think I, I, that's the kind of stuff I've been doing. I've been doing writing. I've been trying to create. I've been taking singing lessons. I always wanted to take singing lessons, and I'm doing that virtually. I'm having a blast. I'm living my best life. I really am. I'm really lucky to still be performing. I have people ask me all the time if I'll do a show, and I think I'll go out probably closer to the summer, late summer, early fall. I have some dates with Rita Rudner, but for now, I'm going to stick with the virtual stuff and enjoy doing that. And. Uh, work on trying to get Life with Louie back on the air, uh, an updated version. Oh, that'd be very cool. You know, uh, yeah, I'm, well, look, 
I'm working on that. Fine. Well, let me say that your book, uh, Hey Mom, is now available in paperback. Louie, do, do you find yourself still communicating with your late mother? Because I know I occasionally have a conversation with my late mom, you know, mostly at mealtime, you know, should I eat this or that? How about you? I absolutely do. I go, Ma, can you believe this? You know, I'll do that all the time. I'll say, Hey, Mom, I really miss you. Thanks for all you did for me. I wish you were here right now to do my laundry because I hate doing laundry. Yeah. I go, how can I get this many clothes dirty? What am I doing? I only need one pair of pants during the pandemic or no pants, either way. But yeah, I think that, I guess I do. I do talk to my mom and I do talk to my dad. I go, what do you think of that, dad? Ah, come on. I love my dad. He was always a kind of a, I don't know, he was a kind of a grump, but he always, he had a lot of good advice. And my mom, of course, always was there for us and I really miss that and uh, miss her right right I, I know you guys had a really close relationship uh, well um, let me hit you with this do, do you think it'll be easier or harder for stand-up comedians to make audiences laugh now after what the world's gone through I, I'm thinking people are ready to explode with laughter even with really lame prop stuff on stage it's time to develop some serious smile lines on our faces what do you think I agree with you man I think that people are so ready to laugh and I think that people are really looking forward to getting out there. I know that all the shows that I've heard about where they are opening the clubs are sold out and people are, are dying to get into the club and, and you know, have a good time. And uh, the comics who I know have worked, Terry Top's working and, uh, in town and he's having a good time. And uh, I think people are really doing it. I think they're having a ball. All right. All right. Well... Um, you know, I just want to say this before we go. After your big success in coming to America, I was thinking that maybe the next project for you should be a Christine Baskets feature film, all right? Because, I mean, you want a freaking Emmy for that role. Why could, SNL can make, you know, tons of movies out of lame sketches. You should be in a feature film, with, you know, featuring Christine. That's just my take. I know you got to You know, go. what about this? Uh, what about the Christine Mysteries? Ooh, ooh, I like that. I like that. You like that? I do. All right. Well, I know you got to go. So let me say again, you have a Rush Ticks virtual comedy special, Louie, live from Las Vegas, coming up on June 12th at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Tickets are now available at RushTicks.com. You know we love you, man. Let me just thank you for coming back on. Too. There you have it, Thanks Mr. So Louie Anderson. All right. Bye. Bye. This is the Spud Goodman Show. <laughs> I'm still not over my surprise. Uh, Spud, uh, Trevor said your next guest, John Lodge, is already on the line holding for you. Uh. Do you uh, want to take it now? Uh, yeah. You know, this guy is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, what rock and roll band is he in? What's with you, Johan? Uh, the Moody Blues. Uh, he, he's the vocalist and bass guitar player. Oh, I love the Moody Blues. They did that uh, a wider shade of pale. It's one of my all-time favorite songs. Uh, that was Procol Harum. Uh, the Moody oh. Blues did uh, Nights in White Satin. Uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, they had a ton of other hits, too, and sold a buttload of records over the years. Uh, just put John through, please. Huh. Uh, okay, very well. Here's John. Say hello to legendary musician and member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band, the Moody Blues, John Lodge. Uh, we appreciate you checking in with us. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thank, thank you for the uh, interview. 
Yeah, so you have a new single out now. It was just released and is available everywhere music is accessible. It's titled The Sun Will Shine, written during the pandemic, I understand. Give us a bit of the backstory of the song you created during this, you know, this period of, you know, time in your life. Yeah, I mean, the um, the lockdown period, the pandemic has been really much disaster and loneliness for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, not being able to see friends and family. Right. And uh, I thought, you know, I want to write a song that's more positive. Um, and, you know, when we come out of this pandemic, we're out of the COVID, hopefully when that door opens, uh, just like the sun each line, I hope we come out all all of us uh, with a more positive attitude, you know. Um, that's what I hope. Right. Well, as you were or are residing in Florida, I guess when, when you wrote the song, that's what I read. Uh, do, you, do you spend much time in the UK? Are you, These days, are you back there now? Or? Um, I'm in Florida now. Uh, I'm in the UK as well. Uh, but, you know, with the COVID, it's really difficult traveling from country right. to country right. because you're not allowed to do that anymore. Well, I was wondering when when, when you are home, uh, I, I was wondering if the British rock royalty there ever like all hang outs, you know, they all, you guys all hang out together, not like a formal club or anything, but just, you know, spend some time together occasionally like at a pub or something. Because I had Ian Anderson on the show a while back and I was going to ask him this and, and I spaced. Well, you know, it, it you you have your friends in the music business, uh, like Kenny Jones uh, from the uh, the Faces and the Who, and uh, Mike Rutherford from mm -hmm. Genesis, and we do get together. Rick Mag Rick Magman uh, yeah, from Yes, and uh, uh, we do get together, but it's not a club. Um, you meet up at strange places. Did well. Not strange places, but you go around the friend's house to dinner, one of the other guys will be there. Mm -hmm. um, where I live in London, uh, in England is south of London, and there's a lot of music. Eric Clapton's down there. Everyone is like in the southeast of England, you know. Well, not everybody in that group lives in the castle, though, right? That's that's a fact. Is that, that, is that No. Okay. All right. There we go. All right. I, I just wondered. Uh, now, the Moody Blues sold a lot of albums over the years, an estimated 70 million with 14 platinum and gold records. I, is that kind of success even possible in this era? I, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea to, in today's music world what is success? I don't know. Um, is it the amount of hits we have on Spotify or the amount of people um, come to the concerts? I have no idea. Uh, I really, uh, I really feel it's a story and must be very hard for new musicians to uh, break through. I don't know how you do that. Um, so I don't know anymore. Uh, the record industry has changed uh, out of recognition 
Right, right. Well, let me hit you with this. As one of the elite bass guitar players in rock music history, who did you look uh, you know, look up to growing up? Well, it's strange because when, when I was growing up, uh, I didn't know anybody who played bass guitar. You couldn't buy them in England. They didn't exist. Huh. And uh, oh. the first person, the first band that I have ever saw was a band called the Trenia. And they were in a movie called The Girl Can't Help It. Oh, and yeah. I saw a guy look playing what I thought it was a Stratocaster guitar, Fender. And I realized it didn't have six strings. And that was it. And it was a Fender bass. I think it was a Telecaster at the time. But <clears throat> I used to listen to the left-hand side of pianists, people like Fats Domino, uh, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, and I listened to the pounding um, left-hand boogie parts of the piano. And on my, on my guitar, I used to learn and practice those boogie parts. Huh. And um, it's expanded for me into the bass playing I do there now because uh, I learned, <clears throat> really learned the basics, really, of a boogie piano. Um, well, it seems to me like the bass players in most bands are the cute ones, you know, the the, the ones that, 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 uh, that, that are very attractive. Let's put it that way. Did you tire of this burden? <laughs> I mean, it would be nice to have that. <laughs> I never thought of it. I never thought about it. I just wanted to play my bass. And I was in a great band called uh, the Moody Blues. Yes. And, uh, I would have played my bass, write songs. Uh, I never thought about that part of it. I, I got into the music business because I love music. Actually, I love rock and roll. That's what I like. I love rock and roll. Right. Uh, I play. I play in any type of band. Um, sometimes I stand in with a jazz band and play with a jazz band because I just enjoy exploring my bass. And with a jazz band, really, you can do that because it's always always really one tempo. Even, and you can explore, really explore your bass. Right. Well, you know, Spud. Yes. You, well, if I may jump in here, a great number of co-hosts on TV and on radio shows have also been thought of as being very attractive too. I'm not insinuating that I may be more. Uh, cuter than you, but it seems to me co-hosts are generally very good-looking people. John, John, I need a moment here. Did I ask if you thought you were hotter than me? Huh? No one even notices what a co-host looks like. Why? Because they are the freaking co-host. An afterthought in the minds of others, especially with women, I'm told. I doubt Ed McMahon had many, uh, you know, like fans waiting for him after the Tonight Show was done. You know, maybe a couple gold diggers. I don't know if that's even appropriate to say, but you know, he did have some issues in his marriages. I read that. But anyway, you're getting me off topic here. Just let me finish up with John. He has to go now. 
But anyway, all right, I know you got a scoot, so let me repeat that you have a new single out. It, it was just released. It is titled The Sun Will Shine and is available everywhere music is accessible. Everyone can follow John on Facebook and visit his website, www.johnlodge.com. Hey, man, we really appreciate you checking in with us. Thank you very much. Uh, take care out there. All right. There you have it, Mr. John Lodge. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, Spud, uh, you know, about what we were talking about earlier, you need to know I won't be silenced. Just because a few people have voiced their displeasure with me, well, this is still America. They can't force me into exile in some foreign country. I thought Europe was a country. I've been trying unsuccessfully to do that the last few years myself, and, and I haven't been able to pull it off. I mean, you're still here, so so maybe not. Yeah. It's just kind of too soon to know for sure. Well, maybe you should rethink this whole cancellation, Gerald. It might help that you just consider it, uh, you know, just like an early retirement. And speaking of retirement, I still haven't been offered a 401k in retirement plan. We really need to be a union shop. My dad got his old job back after being laid off and was elected the shop steward. Yeah, I don't know if interns qualify for benefits, but anyway, I would lo- love, you know, love to join a union myself. I and mean, yeah, the, the dues would be a drag, but it would be nice to know someone had my back at all those disciplinary hearings with management I have to attend. Oh, okay, you guys, we're getting off topic. I'm serious here. There appears to be an effort to make me disappear from this show, and it's very concerning. Uh, I guess I need to monitor what, what people are saying about you online. Is, is there something specific they're complaining about? No collusion. Well, there were uh, a few things that seemed to anger them, I guess. You know, the lengths some people will go to in combing through one's background to find yeah. something to be outraged about. It's ridiculous. Just because I posted something on my Facebook page about not wanting to be a follower with the whole vaccination movement, uh, you would think I was rejecting our Lord and Savior. I know that, dude. So... You're an anti-vaxxer, Gerald? Oh, boy, that is a deal-breaker for me. Yeah, I didn't know that about you, Gerald. It doesn't surprise me, really, but still, it sure proves further you're really stupid. But, Chance, my choosing not to fall victim to the left-wing effort to make us all into compliant robots is not stupid. It's all about... Freedom. Freedom! Wow. I did not know you were an anti-vaxxer either. Do you still think the Earth is flat too? I remember you were kind of big on that. 
No, no, listen, I never said the earth was for sure flat. I, I just suggested that it merited further research. You really need to be more careful with what you post on social media, Gerald. My parents taught me to never share something that will embarrass our current family and future generations, too. No, I will not be censored and be afraid to voice my God-given rights as an American. No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. I don't know if God is cool with anyone randomly tossing out stupid you know, to misinform people. There's enough garbage circulating as it is. You know, to me, it's funny when you hear the hosts on Fox News throw out, you know, all those tall tales, um, pulling stuff out of their butts. And then when they get fact-checked, they complain about cancel culture, you know, and then suggest their viewers cancel liberal people and organizations. Gerald, you can easily be canceled. Fox News, not so much. So we all have to live with the highest-rated cable news channel always playing the victim. Boo-hoo. You poor, mistreated conservatives. Well, thank you, Mrs. Jarvis. Uh, it is tough <laughs> being a conservative these days. You know, a few people also were unhappy with a few of the things I said on this show, too. Gosh, I'm learning that there are individuals out there who examine each and every word we say on the air. Whatever happened to a diversity of opinions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you, you know, about some people being, like, too sensitive about stuff. You know, really? I, I, I've sure, you know, said some stuff that I've, you know, regretted over the years. But there are some things that are just too wrong to spew out. You know, like when you said, you, Gerald, uh, that Donald Trump was chosen by God to be our president after his election in 2016. I don't That's know true. if anyone formally complained about that one. But if you're going to use God, you know, for political purposes again, I'm pretty sure he might not be too happy about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, just yeah well, listen, I never heard any complaints about that statement, and I still stand by it today. And 2024 is just around the corner, and God is standing ready to act again. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. And that's why I just can't get behind organized religion. My mom recently told me I don't have to go to church on Sunday mornings anymore. I can sleep in now, so that's pretty cool. Oh, well, I know our late-night FaceTime calls make it tough to not hit the snooze button on the alarm on Sunday mornings. After the wedding, honey, um, we can have our intimate conversations in person in the middle of the day if we wish. Oh, I am counting the days. Yeah, whatever, Aunt Dorothy. It's still not too late to come to your senses and call the whole thing off. Why not just keep dating? I just don't get it. <laughs> Spud, I won't even respond to that as your marital history and really your obvious inability to have an intimate relationship with another human. Well... It's very sad. Can you keep a secret? Okay. Excuse me, guys, but, you know, we're discussing me right now, and it's looking like I'm going to have to fight to maintain my presence on this show and to be able to show my face in public. Too late, you know? Well, sometimes in life, you, you need to do what's best for society as a whole, you know, for the greater good. But anyway. Uh, Spud, your next guest, Kate Flannery, is waiting to speak with you. Now... Kate has been on the show before, right? 
Yes, she's very cool. Uh, I mean, who doesn't love Meredith from The Office, right? She's she's really funny and also has a great voice as a singer. Well, I always related to the character Kate played on The Office. Meredith spoke to me. Well, as a mother, I would think that you would not want to be drunk at the putt-putt. As I have said previously, I have never seen The Office. And I, I know they aren't doing new shows now, but I continue to be called Dwight quite often. I should check out the rerun someday to see who this is. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. Well, you should consider that a compliment, as I've heard much harsher things tossed around when your name comes up. Uh, and just put Kate through it. She has a new movie out that, that I want to talk to her about. Oh, okay, but uh, Mrs. Jarvitz, may I ask? If profanity is involved with those names I'm being called, I don't appreciate being associated with those types of words. Okay. All right. Uh, but here's Kate. Welcome back to the show, actress and singer Kate Flannery. Thanks for calling into the show. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, actually. So... You have a new movie out. It's titled Golden Arm, and it's in theaters, uh, also available on Apple TV and on demand. It, it sounds like an interesting concept. Give our listeners the basics. Don't tell them too much. You know, leave them listening for more. Less than more, for sure. Okay, Golden Arm is a buddy comedy uh, about two women, one of which is trying to make money as an arm wrestler, but she's not very talented, and the skinnier, wimpier uh, buddy realizes suddenly that she has an amazing power and she's, she is really good at arm wrestling. Huh. had no idea before they started this process. So off they go. Super. Well, how much arm wrestling time did you put in preparing for your role? Did you make, like, family members take you on at the dinner table with, like, side bets, best two out of three for extra dessert, that kind of stuff? Uh, I, no, I actually did not. Uh, thanks to movie magic, I actually look like I know what I'm doing. I had... Brief training when I arrived in Oklahoma on the shoot, um, but uh, not not my. It was not. I didn't have as much training as I did on Dancing with the Stars. I'll tell you that. Oh. Uh, but it was really fun, and um, uh, yeah, I, I I I say don't try this at home. There's some real professionals that know what they're doing, and I am not one of them. But I had fun. Speaking of Dancing with the Stars. Um, you were on season 28 uh, of, of the contest or whatever. They don't allow dancers to throw a red challenge flag, do they, when you when you get your scores? Was it tough handling the agony of, of defeat when you had to leave the show? Well, you you, you, don't, yeah, you don't know when you're when it's going to happen. Yeah, you, have, you can't bow out. You, get the, you just have to keep going, you know. But it's, it's you know, it's, it's tough to be judged in front of millions of people, let me tell you. Yeah, I bet. All right. Spud. What? Well, if I may interject here, I too have experienced the disappointment of being judged and not receiving a great score. It was quite painful emotionally. It wasn't in a dance contest. It happened recently at our church. We had a pie baking contest for the men, and I put a lot of effort into my rhubarb pie. If I don't say so myself, it tasted amazing as I made a smaller one for myself to taste. But I just don't understand the stupidity of the judges. I didn't even win an honorable mention award. Uh, Kate, I need a sec here. 
I don't care about your church baking contest. No one asked well, for your own life experiences, did they? Huh? No, they did uh, not. Hey, I bet Gerald, I didn't know you knew how to cook, let alone bake pies. Well, I hope the judges had a spit bucket handy. I can only imagine how it tasted. Oh, it tasted delicious, Mrs. Jarvis. It was my first pie. Uh, my wife, Rachel, was away at her mother's, so I just Googled it, and I've got to say, it turned out great. Who in the hell would bake a freaking rhubarb pie? The judges oh, yeah. should excommunicate you or something from your church. Uh, just, just let me get back to Kate. Um, let me ask you this. Um, everyone on the planet knows you as Meredith from The Office. I mean, she was a character uh, I would love to have around in my workplace. Always up for happy hour and not one of those one beer and heads home, you know, kind of co-worker. Uh, there's always a few of those in every office. So, so people everywhere pretty much love you when you're out in public, huh? People, uh, they've definitely bought me drinks, um, for sure. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, I think it's good to be Meredith. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, someone calls me Meredith, I'm fine with that. I really am. Yeah. No fist fight, I promise. Well, well, prior to the uh, pandemic, you were uh, touring around the country with Jane Lynch, who we've had on a few times on the show. Lovely, lovely woman. Um, do, do you miss performing on stage? You know, hopefully soon you guys will be back out on the road. I do. I did get to do a comedy act called The Lampshades. It's a two-person dying lounge act, and I actually got to perform in February uh, at a drive-in show for a charity. So that was my first time back, and it was really fun. Um, but it's, you know, people are honking instead of laughing, so it's a little different. But oh. I think Jane and I are going to hit the road um, next Christmas. For sure, we're going to do another tour. It looks like it's going to happen, I hope. So oh. Fingers crossed. Everything goes in the right direction. Right, okay. Well, you know, on the show, we've been discussing that, that cancel culture thing. Have you ever been on a show that's been canceled? Uh, yeah, actually, right before The Office, I was on a show called Boomtown, and I did one episode, and then I got asked to do, asked to recur, which means to be on, on more than one episode, but you don't know. So I got my second script, and then literally got the call the day after I got the script that the show was canceled. So I've been blamed for canceling, for actually being the cause of the canceling, but no, I I, I, I pulled yeah, I. It was really fun. That was. It was. Um, yeah. It's, but it's again. I. It's not like it was. I wasn't making a living on the show, so I wasn't as upset that the, the show went away. Right. Um, so I, I read that you might reform your old rock band, Monopuff. Is this true? Oh, I'm, I don't know. No, no I'm not. This is the first time hearing about it. I read it. <laughs> oh, where did you read it? Oh my god. Yeah, John Plansberg and They Might Be Giants, he um, had another band called Monopop, and I was in Monopop in the 90s, and we had we had a great time. We had to play the Lower East Side a lot, and we toured a little bit in Boston and D.C., um, but we obviously had a lot of the fans from They Might Be Giants, so it was it was a great, it was just the best way to, to, be, a, to be a rock and roll band. Yeah. On our old uh, cable TV show, we had they might be giants on. They're 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 amazing. It's, it's, yeah, they're great guys. We, oh my god, I have such good memories of, of singing with them. Uh, speaking of about, about Monopuff, how would you describe the music? Because the the music's still available. People can still dig it. You know, on online, can find the recordings. It's not a punk band, but it's not a classic rock. Band. I think it's like it's it's slightly alternative, but it's um it's I don't know. It's kind of like. There's an R&B thing going on as well. I mean, it's uh, Monopuff is it's a little 
it's only slightly more conventional than uh, they might be giants, but only slightly. That's good. All right. Okay. Well, let me close with this. Um, Kate, what was your like most memorable moment on The Office? Yeah, it's a question that you're probably really sick of, but it makes for good radio, as there are still millions, maybe billions, of Office freaks out there. I mean, that show in syndication and on streaming is just as vital today as it was back then. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, one of my favorite uh, episodes was the Moroccan Christmas when Michael Scott dragged Meredith into rehab. We got to do this parking lot scene where it was a lot of physical comedy, and I was just really happy because I didn't know if they were going to keep the audio because normally we did not get to improvise a scene or uh, an entire scene. So um, that was really fun, and it felt like a like a victory to kind of when they kept, they kept what we said into I'm not so much for Steve but for me because I didn't get to do it as often as he did so it was really really fun and Steve is the greatest Steve Burrell is he's just a really funny human being sweet kind guy and really just has his priorities in the right place pretty much seems what what people perceive him as is, uh, is actually true that's, that's great to hear alright yeah okay well let me say again you have a new movie out Golden Arm showing now in theaters uh on Apple TV and also on demand. Uh, we want to thank you so much for coming back on our show. Thank you. Take care. I think I'm, I'm hoping Jane Lynch and I will be on the road soon, so look out for that for sure. Very cool. All right, there you have it, Ms. Kate Flannery. Pepto-Bismol special medicinal formula soothes both the stomach and lower digestive tract with a gentle coating action. This is a Spider-Man show. All right, back to the music. Here's a song by the late Doris Day titled A Guy is a Guy. It was released in 1952, and I don't know if it's aged that well over the years, but here it is. I walked down the street like a good girl should He followed me down the street like I knew he would Because a guy is a guy wherever he may be So listen and I'll tell you what this fella did to me I walked to my house like a good girl should He followed me to my house like I knew he would Because a guy is a guy wherever he may be so listen while I tell you what this fella did to me I never saw the boy before So nothing could be sillier At closer range his face was strange But his manner was familiar So I walked up the stairs like a good girl should He followed me up the stairs like I knew he would Because a guy a guy wherever he may be so listen and i'll tell you what this fella did to me i stepped to my door like a good girl should he stopped at my door like i knew he would because a guy is a guy wherever he may be so listen while I tell you what this fella did to me He asked me for a goodnight kiss I said it's still good 
I would have told him more Except his lips got in the way So I talked to my ma like a good girl should And ma talked to pa like I knew she would And they all agreed on the married life for me The guy is my guy wherever About what we were discussing previously, you being freaked out about maybe being canceled. Oh, yeah. Nothing nothing lasts forever, man. Right? As you heard in my conversation with Kate Flannery, even the best shows on TV eventually get canceled or or go away, you know, hang it up. It's it's that old circle of life thingy. Oh, that's easy for you to say, Spud. Your career is not being threatened right now. I am fighting to remain a viable force in show business. I will not go down without a fight. That's so hot. A force in show business? Really? Well, I am employed on a radio talk show. That would qualify (laughs) me to claim that. Laugh if you want, Mrs. Jarvis, but listen, Google radio show, and it clearly falls into the category of show business. Come on, y'all. Yeah, I'm correct on that, but I have my doubts. I am. Just from my experience, like when I filled out a loan application at one of those rip-off money store places a few years ago, they laughed when I said I was in show business. I also didn't get the loan either. I mean, which of 120% interest was, of course, for the best, looking back, yeah. I mean, those people are beyond greedy. Excellent. Gerald, if you do get canceled, think about the upside how you could then reinvent yourself as something more. More important than a co-host of some rinky-dink radio show. Well, uh, we may not be that popular, Chance. We are not rinky-dink, okay? I find that offensive. I, that's uh, frankly offensive. All right, and say, Trevor just texted me from the studio and said we have a caller holding. Do you want me to put him through? Uh, you know when you present it like that, I have little choice? But to take the call is, is if I said no, I would sound like a total Just put it through. Caller, you're on the air. I am. Like yeah. right now. Yes, yes. I'm not going to say psych. Uh, so do you have something to contribute to the conversation? Hopefully you're not totally boring. I want to talk about that cancel culture deal that's seems to be everywhere these days. Yeah. It's just not right. I don't... I, I, I would agree that, like, say, people in the media should not be erased from existence if they say or, or do something stupid and then apologize. And everyone makes mistakes. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking maybe co-hosts and interns, though, uh, they they probably should be fair game. But uh, let me ask you, do you work in a business where you are high profile and, and people dig into all of your social media posts? Me? Not really. I'm a telemarketer. 
Okay. No one at my office cares about what I post on social media. I'm talking about being canceled by my family. Your family? They're the ones who are the real snowflakes. Yeah. They turn up their noses at what I have posted on Facebook. They're freezing me out right now before no one seemed to care. I used to post like way more um, stuff. Something that's changed. I don't like it. What are you objectifying on? Uh, Caller, can I ask what you've posted that upset your family members so much? I'd I'd rather not. Let's just say, for some reason, my family has become so sensitive to my opinions. I have to watch everything I say now. This happened to this world. Some men just want to watch the world burn. I may only be an intern, but I know what's okay to say and what can make you seem like a horrible person. It's not that tough to figure out. I don't know who you are, but you don't know my family. They are suddenly so sensitive. I can't say or post anything these days. So I'm guessing you were or or still are a a Trump supporter, right? I'm just thinking, I'm just guessing. Oh yeah, greatest president ever. Oh, caller, you are so right. Okay, so you still think the election was stolen too, huh? Who doesn't? Well, my family still has doubts about what if you can believe it. Yeah, well. Some people won't accept reality, you know. No matter how much evidence you show them. Look, alternative facts are not facts. Yeah, off the record, caller, let me ask you this, and it's not going to go any further. Did, did you go to that Capitol thing with all those wacko, you know, white supremacists? Uh, I mean, please don't tell us that you own a, a Camp Auschwitz t-shirt or hoodie. Please. What? No. I didn't travel all the way to D.C. for that round. I had to go to work, and any... Anyway, uh, I'm on a no-fly list these days. Oh, Really? I had a rather unfortunate incident a year ago on an American Airlines flight. Yeah. There was a there was a misunderstanding I had with the flight attendant. And for some reason, my now soon-to-be ex-wife and our three kids took the side of the flight attendant. I think it was... So, Caller, Caller, we, we really don't have time to do a reenactment of your incident on that airplane. I get it. Uh, it's pretty clear you're a dick. You dick! But let me just ask you one last question, and just go for the, the, the trifecta here. Have you got your COVID vaccination yet? Why would I do that and just become a robot under the mind control of Bill Gates and that Fauci guy? I don't know about you or the people on this show. I value my freedom. Freedom! Dollar, don't worry about me. I, too, value my freedom. Freedom! Yeah, okay, okay, I get it. You guys value your freedom. Good for you. I gotta go now. Thanks, uh, I guess, for checking in with us. But I wanted to... No, 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 no. Uh, someone terminate this call with extreme prejudice. Okay. Very hey, hey uh, a caller, if, if you are still listening on the radio, if I sent you a friend request, and I hope you would accept it, I don't judge as far as what you post on social media. You seem like a nice guy to me. You had me at hello. You let me wrap this up. Okay, we're, we're out of time. This is the end of the show, okay? I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Copyrights 2021, Spud Goodman Productions.